and this is The Athlete's Pursuit. Welcome back. On today's episode, we have a personal friend of mine, Cameron Ahouse, joining us on the show. He is a trainer uh, based in Boston, uh, and we have a really, it's really interesting. Him and I actually have similar backgrounds starting off in finance. Um, I asked Cameron about his time in finance, and uh, he was there for quite a bit um, uh, for a number of years before he decided to make a leap of faith into the fitness world. So we talk about that story, how he went about it, how he had the uh, the courage to even take the leap um, and kind of follow more uh, his passions and doing work that he loves. And since then, uh, he has been um, involved in so much in the fitness world. He's grown tremendously, uh, really in a short amount of time even. And right now, he is the community lead for Roan Apparel. Uh, before that, he was a trainer at Everybody Fights in Boston, which is a boxing gym, a great boxing gym. And uh, he's doing some work with men's mental health, which I think is incredible. Um, we talk about how you know just uncommon it is for, or maybe how difficult it is for men to talk just about how they're feeling and what they're dealing with in life uh, and creating a safe space for, for these gentlemen to talk um, and just not feel alone with what they're going through. Uh, but of course, we talk about some training principles as well, some growth that he's had in the space of, you know, what he used to do when he was in finance training and how that's evolved through the years as he's learned. Um, one of the things that I love hearing, too, is that he talks about how he's taking, you know, these bits and pieces from different athletes and, and trainers that he's met uh, and even different gyms and, and taking a little bit of that into incorporating it into his own style of training to make it fun, creative uh, and personal. So enjoy this episode. Really enjoyed this talk with Cameron. Um, I'm sure we're going to have him back on, but enjoy and uh, let's get into it. All right, guys, welcome back to The Athlete's Pursuit. Today for the episode, we have a great friend of mine, Cameron Ahouse, coming from Boston. Uh, we are in the middle of a snowstorm right now, and we are stuck inside, so we thought, let's do a little podcast episode. <laughs> I've been excited to have Cameron on. He is uh, He's also a fellow trainer, again, based in Boston, has worked at uh, Everybody Fights, uh, is where he used to train, where, where we first met, uh, when we first met each other. Uh, he's been to Tone House several times. Uh, avid, avid uh, lover of Tone House, I believe, and uh, now a community leader for Roan Apparel, uh, among other things. So, Cameron, welcome to the show. What's going on? Thanks for having me, man. What's up, bud? Absolute pleasure. Uh, I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for a while. Um, so, likewise, to make this happen. Yeah. So, no, super excited to be here. Well, you know, Cam, I want to, I want to talk because when, uh, so Cameron and I have. Uh, always stayed in touch. And I think there's been a lot of mutual respect, uh, ever since we met, uh, because the, the first time I really got to know you came, we went to a Spartan race in, in Tampa or outside of Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. And we had a great conversation about, uh, just your background and where you came from. And we had some similarities. So share with me, man, how did you, where did you even start your career before, before fitness came into the forefront? Yeah. Um, so after college, I moved to Manhattan. So that was back in 2011. Um, and so I worked at UBS. So I was in finance. Um, and then moved to another company called Hightower, uh, but was in Manhattan for just about seven years. Uh, and fitness was not at the forefront at all. So I used to go to Blink. I think it still exists in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, put in the headphones, hit upper body two, maybe three times a week. Lower body didn't exist. Cardio didn't exist. Uh, and really just <laughs> only upper body. So it's, it's funny how it's totally different than what I do now. Um, I wish I didn't <laughs> do that as much back then. Um, so obviously like through, I definitely train differently now. So my body is, has changed, but you know, fitness in some aspect has always been super important to me, especially uh, growing up. And that was like a way for me to kind of escape reality a little bit. So I was bullied in middle school. Um, and then going to high school, I went in at, I'm getting a little deep now, but went in at probably like five, five, like a hundred pounds, um, ended up graduating to shy at 206 feet. So working out definitely was a, a place that, kind of became like a little sanctuary, a safe haven for me. 
Yeah, this is like where you and I have uh, so many similarities uh, because, you know, I know now it's very different for both you and I. Uh, right. But same. I was like five foot five, weighed, you know, uh, 160 pounds, you know, soaking wet, uh, super skinny, string bean, didn't mm-hmm. have the growth spurt until like late in college and even post college. Uh, wow. so, so fitness totally evolved. But I want, like, what? So <laughs> it sounds like you were a, a nice little finance bro over there, Cam. Oh, oh. Big time finance, bro. (laughs) (laughs) What was corporate life like? Like, how did it, uh, how did you even pursue it? Like, why was finance even the route in the first place? So, um, my best friend, so we lived with each other for three years in college and he ended up graduating at the top of our class. He's a super smart guy. Anyway, the whole thing is there was a finance, um, you can go into finance for your major. And I was like, eh, I'm going to go for math. I didn't even know there was a finance major. And sophomore year, he goes, Cam, like, you're pretty good at math. If you want to make money, he goes, you should go into finance. There it is. And so that's what it was. Um, yep. And yeah, I mean, I have a totally different outlook on, on all of that now. Um, I'm happy I did it. it. It set me up for where I am today. And I think that you can take a lot of life lessons from from every part of your life and, and bring it with you. Um, but yeah, definitely money hungry, uh, in my twenties. So I think those, uh, yeah, that, that perspective, I think is pretty common. Um, like I went to Indiana university and, and I'm in the business school and everybody is just talking about investment banking, right? Like it is mm-hmm. the only thing that you think about. Uh, I had, I didn't even know what the heck it was. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to interview for, for an investment banking role. Uh, Right. You know, it's just the, I think the sexy thing to do, it's definitely money driven. Uh, but what, when, when did things shift for you? I mean, you're, you're at the bank, uh, I, you know, I'm sure you're doing, you're doing just fine financially, right? You have all the benefits you mm-hmm. can probably imagine in the world, but what, what is the shift? Like when did things start to change where you had this wake up call of like, oh man, maybe this isn't uh, what I want to be doing. So I've never really touched on this, but I remember, so when I was living down in the financial district, I remember like sitting on the roof and talking to my girlfriend at the time and I was just turning 26. Um, and so I'm 33 now. <clears throat> and I just remember being like, you know, I wonder like it might be cool to go into personal training. And that was the only time I brought it up. Other than that, it never came up again. Mm. Um, then I moved to Boston, uh, almost five years ago. And I started, so I changed companies, started working for with this lady and we just clashed. Uh, and with that, I found everybody fights, which was literally around the corner. And so started going super intimidated, um, had never done group classes before, didn't really know what I was doing, had never like been on an erg before, and I love rowing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just fell in love with the community. Like trainers, super nice. Everyone there is really supportive it became like this little family. Um, and so I would start going and I never worked out in the morning either. So I'd always go after work. And my first class was an 8 a.m. on Saturday. I was like, that is ridiculous. That is so early. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fast forward three months and I'm there at like taking the six, maybe the seven o'clock a.m. class and then trying to go either at lunch or after work. Um, and after six months without this new job, I was finally like, I'm done. I'm not happy. Um, it doesn't matter how much I'm making. And I just, I quit kind of cold turkey um, and started working at the front desk at Everybody Fights. So I'd be up at four in the morning, get there at five, five thirty, open. And I started doing that for, uh, I would do that for about six months. Then I started teaching. Um, and then after about six months, started working at ASICS. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, that's, that's actually a lot. So, so we're going from, I mean, yeah, these are huge transitions. So let's, let's like dive into this a little bit. So you get, not only did you, did you quit your job cold Turkey, but you're talking about like, you're, you're in a brand new city. I mean, like Boston's new to you, right? We're six months into a new city, six months into a new city. And then, so everybody fights, it sounds like gave you early on like a source of family, right? Like this is where, what you met your, your, a lot of your friends, community, that, yep. that that's how this all started. Yeah. I, what it also did is I was, I would, like I said, I would go into blank, put my headphones in and not really talk to anybody. 
yeah. what everybody fights did was it kind of it made me realize that how much I enjoy interacting with people, especially at the gym, and really helping push people. So I love to push myself. I'm super competitive, but I love bringing that out of out of other people. Um, and so everybody fights really like brought that to light through through the classes. Yeah, I, I I don't think the Dak Ruger League go understated. Like this community aspect with training is, I think it's like the secret ingredient. No matter where you are, like the because I've done it too. What you're talking about being at Blink and like just going in and working mm-hmm. out. I mean, that's where I used to go in New York too before I went to Tone House. Like because it was it was cheap. It was like I can just do my work, you know, yep. uh, be left alone. But when you compare the workouts, it's like the intensity just doesn't even come close. Right, working out no. with people in a community is just a totally different experience. And then you have working out at Tone House, which is its own experience. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as far <laughs> as intensity, um, yeah, and it's just fitness has a funny way of kind of just like weeding out people that aren't going to be consistent and don't want to push themselves um, because it's it's so difficult, right? Like you're not going to be able to go into whatever you want to do. If you want to like get better at deadlifting, if you want to be better at running, like it takes time and consistency mm-hmm. and it takes a certain type of person to do that. Yep. Now you may not be that person, but if you have that community, you know, you'll know that you have that support. Um, and then hopefully with that support, you'll be able to push yourself. That's a huge, that's point. what I really, really love about fitness. That's a, that's a huge, that's a huge point. Um, I've seen that too, where it's not, um, it's not really where your physical ability is at today. It's more, mm-hmm. it's like you're looking more for like the right mentality and you're right. Like those people do kind of weed themselves out that if they can't, um, kind of see the big picture of like, Hey, if I just stick with it and I stay in this environment, you almost have like no choice, but to get better at what you're right. doing. Right. Like, cause I think it takes the thinking out of the game. You're just around supportive people and you kind of do things that you didn't think you could do because of that support. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, I got to ask you though, like going into that jump, that's like a really scary jump. You're going from a finance job where you're like, you're pretty deep into your career at this point. Yeah. And then you go to a front yeah. desk job at a gym. Like that's a huge transition. Like w- walk me through that. Like, are you nervous? Like, did you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to try this out for six months? Like, where's your head at when you make this leap? I was scared. I was almost 30 when I did that. And the biggest thing for me was, I guess, one is if you don't have, if you're not financially secure at some level, like, I wouldn't recommend just doing that. Um, but what was more important was that I had the support of my girlfriend at the time and my family. Um, to be like, you know what, like we believe you can do this. I had faith in myself, but to know that I had the support system, uh, to help me made a world of a difference. I don't know if I would have just, just quit like I did. Maybe I would have waited another six months. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then the community, the Boston fitness community, um, again, just like really fell in love with it. Um, and I think that I say just Boston fitness community every city has their own community. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just like it's only in Boston or it's only in New York. You have this in every city and even in small towns. Um, it's just, you just need to go and go and find it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, was terrified. Uh, and then didn't have anything lined up. So first few months I was like, okay, you know, we can do this. And then the weather started getting nice. And I was like, this is really nice. Like I'll just go to the beach during the day. Um, and then I got to the point where it was like, all right, now I need to need to find a new job. Um, and that's honestly, that's how I found basics. And then eventually how I found, uh, Roan as well is through the community at everybody fights. Asics was across the street. People that worked there would come over, come into class. We'd work out together and then the open, uh, position opened up and, uh, this lady went to the gym was like, Hey, you should apply. I'll refer you. Um, and so then that's how I got the ASICS job. So what, what is the ASICS job exactly? What, what was your role there? So I always tell people, I, I'm not a runner, but I also didn't work on the shoe side. So that was at a different, that was like ASICS, North America, different part of Boston. 
So I worked on the digital team. So we have an app. There's an app called Run Keepers. It's like Strava. Um, yep. And so I worked on that team. Um, and it was good. It was super flexible, great working environment. Um, it was really funny because I would go in and like at leisure and then, you know, there'd be beer in the kitchen or snacks everywhere. And it was like work wherever you want. Or if you need to work from home a couple of days a week, it was fine. Uh, which is totally different than what I was used to where it's like, you know, you're in at seven at your desk. Like you only leave for lunch wearing a suit. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that life, uh, the corporate life, man, uh, that experience, I feel like it was so restrictive, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas, whereas now, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same. Like there's so much, it feels like there's way more freedom, self-expression, you know, kind of in this place, like a lot of creativity. Um, did you, did you like have, when you made this leap and you go to everybody fights and like a six is happening, like before things are really picking up. Did you, did you have like a vision of what you wanted to do in this space? Did you have like a game plan or was it more of a, I'm going to trust my gut. I know I want to be in here. I'm not sure what it is, but I just want to be in this space. Like where, where was your head at there? Um, well, so I knew that I wanted to be in the, the health and wellness area, mm-hmm. uh, at some level. And that was really a, I knew that as an absolute last resort, if I had to go back to finance, I could. Yeah. That never that never happened. I never entertained a an interview or applying for a job. Um, I just knew I wouldn't be happy. And yeah, it kind of sucks. Like it, it took until I was thirty to realize that that happiness is way more important than than money. I mean, obviously, you need to have certain level of income to, to, uh, you know, eat and pay rent and all that. Um, but it just, it wasn't worth it. It was, you know, I'm just so much more, I found myself to be so much more outgoing, so much more willing to do things, to want to interact with people, which is way different than how I was when I was in New York. Like we never would have met if I was still doing that. And even if I was living in, even if I was still living in New York, like I never would have gone to Tone House. Mm. We never would have crossed paths. Um, and so it taking that leap of faith has just opened up a ton of doors for me. So super grateful that I did that and, and that I had the support of my family and friends. Yeah, I do. I mean, hats off because uh, I have so much respect for for you doing that. I, I like, obviously, you know, I did the same thing, right? I mean, like, this is where when mm-hmm. we were talking at dinner, I'm like, my God, like we, <laughs> like the similarities of our story is crazy to me, right? Like yeah. I'm coming from finance too. I have like a 10 year career at this company and mm-hmm. I pretty much cold Turkey quit, uh, and get into fitness, you know? And I have this like idea of what I want to do, but like when you get into the route, I mean, it's, you know, you, you don't know what's coming your way. You're kind of just right. and and kind of going with the flow, right? Seeing what opportunities come. It's a totally different. There's such a different mindset in this world, which to me has felt more entrepreneurial in a way, right? I have had no intention of being an entrepreneur at all, but this mm-hmm. feels like that versus the corporate route felt so. It was so structured, and you had this like visible visible path of if I stay this way. In 10 years, I'm going to be in this type of role making this type of money. You can almost predict it. And this, exactly. right, this is so unpredictable. Like you, like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like I don't know what opportunities are going to present themselves tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you, what was that adjustment like for you? Like even psychologically, did you struggle with that? Like those two, cause these are very different approaches of how you even live life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, I love routine. Um, and so with the routine, it's kind of, you know, there's certain expectations and you kind of know what's going to happen day to day somewhat. Um, and making this, making this jump, this change was, uh, threw a wrench in that. Um, and again, it was scary. Like it's a, it's a scary thing to do. And it, it, I don't think it doesn't matter what age you do it. Um, obviously I feel like the older that you, you get, it, it's probably scarier and depending on, Luckily, I didn't have a family. I didn't have a mortgage. Yeah, um, yeah. So that made it a lot easier. Um, but for the last, I say the last six months have been not have been fairly stable. Um, but before that, yeah, for three years, it was 
at ASICs. There was, there was just a lot going on outside of ASICs. Um, and it was always different. Never knew like what opportunity was going to present itself. And usually when it did, I tried to jump on it. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was totally different. Uh, and I always tell people, people that are, you know, debating if they should do it or not. Like you have enough saved and you could last a year, like with not, with no income, then I mean, why not take that leap? Especially if you have family and friends that are there to support you. Yeah. 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 I, I tend to agree. I think that it's a very worthwhile like pursuit, but, uh, when I've been asked about it, you know, I give a similar answer to you where it's, uh, you don't want to do it haphazardly. Right. And like the, uh, right. the, the quit, I have like $0 in my account and I'm just going to try to make it work. And you know, it's like the, it's like the, the story of be, going to LA to be an actor. Right. And then you start working at restaurants, yeah. but you have no plan. Um, mm-hmm. cause same, I mean, same, right. I was saving, for, for the better part of 10 years and, uh, even had a year to plan like personally my exit. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to be saving this amount. And then, uh, I, I kind of gave myself a timeline of, uh, like each year I reevaluated, right. What was happening? Uh, cause, cause same thing. I was like, Hey, I can always go back to sales, you know, in the right. early, in the early goings, it was like that. It's like I, I had a backup plan. Um, yeah. But that is also shifted. I mean, is that? It sounds like maybe that's changed for you too. Because I almost felt like having a backup plan uh, made me feel like I had a way out, um, and I started to notice that that was almost hurting me. And uh, oh, yeah. I remember a quote that said, uh, "If you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats." Ooh, right. All right. No way out. Right. So yeah, we we get there, uh, completely burn the boats. Like we're taking the island. You you have no choice. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something very powerful in that when you're just in this situation and uh, you have to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Have you had that? Um, I mean, have you had the experience? Yeah, I think it was just me telling enough people that I was not going to go back in the finance was my way of burning the boat, so to speak. Where it's you know I'm committed to this, I'm going to make this this leap. And I guess to take that even further, it's like when I do certain things like running a marathon or rowing a marathon or or doing whatever it's, you know, I like to tell a lot of people so that it's out there and so that I can't back away. Cause if I tell just myself, I feel like I'm fairly disciplined, but it's still easy for me to back away from things. But once I tell people, it's like, okay, I'm committed now. I can't let myself down, but I also can't let other people down. Now, would they really care if I go through with it? Probably not. But I like to think that they would. So that's just a little added motivation. Yeah. Dude, it's huge. It's huge. I <laughs> I just think people are wired that way. Like, we just do not want to let people down at all. Like, once you right. put yourself out there, like, you just, mm-hmm. just got to follow through. Totally. Or you just feel bad about it. Um, it's like, even to go back to when we were at the Spartan race, right? Like, I was coming off the marathon. My calf was destroyed. Um, and I felt awful. So people won't know this, but there were five of us. One person just like crushed it. Awesome. And then your brother, you, me and Mike, uh, you guys ended up walking like six miles with me because I couldn't run. Um, And obviously I felt awful. And I said that so many times as we're walking, but I feel like it brought us closer together. But I just felt, you know, there was no way I wasn't going to finish it, even if I had to walk because I didn't want to let you guys down. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, we all, dude, yeah, that was, I kind of forgot about that, to be honest. Um, I, God, that was, that was crazy, because I remember just having that feeling of, like, you know, like we're just, we're just going to do this together, like, it's just the way, it's just the way it is. Um, yeah. It, right, it did bring us a little closer, it was like a band of brothers kind of moment. Uh, right, yeah, because <laughs> we were all able to talk, and, you know, I would go talk to Mike, he'd be with your brother, like, kind of, like, rotate, and just. You know, that's, it was that, and then maybe it was that same night when you and I really talked about, like, our similar paths. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I've always, anytime I think of that race, it's, that's what I always think of, is how you guys walked with me and how we were able to like, get a little closer because we walked it as opposed to uh, ran it. Yeah. I can't talk when I run, so. Uh, well, yeah, 
uh, you know, you're really going at a pace a little hard to have a good conversation when you're running, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, I mean, I think we went into that, like, you know, wanting to compete because you and I, I know you and I are both competitive. Uh, so it was like, okay. Hey, let's go get this thing done. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you're, I mean, you know, we're not, we're not pro athletes. I'm not getting paid. Uh, to go right. run a Spartan race per se. It's like, you know, you want to have a good time. Uh, that's where all these fitness events for me has been more, to be honest, like I have more fun training for the event than I do the actual event per se. You know, like I like oh, more the absolutely. process of things because the event's like, what, it's a, it's a couple hours, right? Yeah. But training. It's short. I love the training part of it. What, um, what has gotten you, so with training, you you now are in this world and you're starting now to see different let's say methodologies or even philosophies right across a large group of people because now you're training everybody fights right you're seeing things from ASIC so you're even seeing different communities and how they train right what what like what has switched in your mind with your old philosophy and view of training when you're by yourself to now like what did young Cameron do that current Cameron would not do like what are these lessons learned even mistakes that you made in your own training um young Cameron young Cameron would not focus on recovery not I mean I feel like I'm pretty injury prone just in general um but like I said like I love routine so every night like I'd say probably five nights maybe six nights a week like I'm on the ground, stretching, foam rolling, doing knees over toes, uh, things to help just prevent. Also, just, it also helps me let's like relax before the night as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so never stretched, never did mobility. Um, understanding the importance of sleep. So didn't focus on that, especially living in New York. Uh, understanding the importance of full body movements. Um, also just a big focus on legs. Again, I was always, I, don't know, I barely did legs. Didn't do cardio like 10 minutes on the elliptical a week. I was like, wow, that's a lot of cardio. So, Damn. um, so yeah. And also just like realizing that you need to enjoy what you're doing. So I like to do a bunch of different things throughout fitness. Um, and I'd say the only thing that I'm, terrified to do would be like a dance class um <laughs> so that's that's about it but like i'll do bar i'll do pilates yoga running um like rowing crossfit like tone house like i love doing it all um because I, I also feel like by doing that it helps me stay more athletic mm. um which is super important to me um and yeah just just making sure that i enjoy what i'm doing and that's something that i like to tell people is that you have fun doing it is you're going to be more consistent or you're going to be more consistent with it. Um, and so sometimes like I'll try to set different challenges for myself. So like going to be doing my first high rocks and doing a partner high rocks. Yeah, yep. Um, I've never done one. Not really sure. I know what the movements are, but I feel like it's hard to mimic, um, that environment. Mm-hmm. So getting ready for that. Uh, the big thing that I have coming up in October is I'm going to run a marathon and then directly go into rowing a marathon. Uh, so with a goal of eight hours and the more people I tell then the more like I get amped up about it and ready for it or excited about it. Um, but I never, I'd always just go into the gym. I say before, this is when I was in New York and I would just go in there and do upper body pretty much all the time. Um, and not understand that. You know, you need to work on your legs in order to help your entire body, especially upper body. Um, need to work on flexibility and mobility. Need to sleep. Need to eat as clean as you can. But also, if you eat less nutritious foods, don't stress about it because that's probably going to be worse. Mm. Um, and I just like to take little bits and pieces from people that I've met, whether they see on Instagram, and try to incorporate uh, their workouts or their movements into what I do. Now that's huge. Uh, I love that too. I do the same thing like the, uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm trying to share with people like 
this approach with training? Because I, I don't know if it's really talked about that much, like where there's like this process to it, right? Like we like you like we know that there's like a science aspect to it, right? Like if you do these moves mm-hmm. this consistently, if you eat this many calories, macro combinations, like you can get a this type of result, right? Like there's somewhat of a right. principles you got to follow, but what you said is like the other half of it, there's got to be like an artistic creative side to it where like one, you're having fun, right? Like if you, if you don't yep. like to cycle and I tell you the best way to get in this type of shape for you is to cycle, but you hate cycling. Like what, what good is that going to do? Right. Right. Um, but then learning from other people and making your own style. Uh, I don't, I don't know if that's really shared uh, enough in this fitness world. I feel like in the fitness world that like you are, people almost say like, this is the right way to train. This is the wrong way to train. And I've never right. really believed that. I've always believed like, hey, there's like all of it's valid, right? Like these people do this. These people do this. Like j- let's just learn from all of them and maybe take these cool things that we've learned and incorporate it, like you said, into into what you do. So you can just get better and have more fun at, at what you do. Yeah, exactly. I, I like to uh, – there's no one diet, right, for, for everybody. Yeah. So just like there's no one way to train or work out for everybody. Like a lot of what I do, like I know what's going to happen to my body and what I want to happen. And then how I know, like it's going to help with certain performance areas in working out. Um, but that's not going to be the same for, for you. That's not going to be the same for your brother, uh, or my best friend. You know, you need to find your own little sweet spot. Um, so that's why I'll try different things and try it over a few months. And, you know, if I see, any growth in areas that I want, then okay, then I know it works. If I don't, then tweak it and and try again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's it. It's almost like looking at a data set uh, and just seeing how things respond. Like, what's the correlation, right? Like, if I do this for a mm-hmm. long period of time, you kind of see how things respond, and then you and then you adjust. Um, right. I've always viewed like you know the workouts and moves that I've learned, or all these things that I've learned, as like kind of tools in a toolbox. Right. You know, it's not always about having some absolute of one plus one equals two, like some, you know, you can get different combinations of things. It's just kind of learning when to use uh, certain things in your favor. Um, uh, But with food, how has how has that evolved for you? Like, did you start early on? Were you were you a big macro counter? Did you kind of go that way, too, where everything was a little bit more tight? And has it kind of evolved for you? um, So I never cared about. I'll say this. I, every time people would go and get fast food and there were a lot of desserts and sweets in the office, that was never me. I love pizza. I'm, I'll eat pizza all day. Um, but I never really thought about what I ate except trying to stay away from fast food um, until 2016. This may seem shallow, but when I was going to Coachella and I was like, okay, going <laughs> to Coachella. Like, <laughs> Probably gonna have my shirt off, Yo. which I was super like hesitant to do. Um, <laughs> and so with that, that's when it started changing. I was like, okay, I'm gonna eat as, like all my carbs in the morning and lunch. <laughs> I'm gonna eat a ton of protein, and then at night I'm gonna limit carbs unless I've just worked out, mm-hmm. and then um, still eat a bunch of protein and eat a lot of vegetables. What I've noticed for myself is that if I do, and I, I've done this in a super strict way and I've noticed like really great results as far as like losing body fat, Mm -hmm. but it also increases my chance of just getting injured, which for me is not worth it. Um, is carb cycling. Yeah. So I'll do three, four days lower carb and then a day or two of high, um, and try to time it with like days where I work out a little more intense on the high days. Um, but also I noticed that like my body responds better if I, eat a lot more vegetables than if I don't, even if I, everything else stays consistent. Um, obviously like increasing, uh, water intake, sleep. Um, and then as long as I try not to eat too late at night, so I try like seven thirty eight is when I'll stop eating. Um, that usually after a couple weeks is when I'll be able to notice quick changes or mm-hmm. faster changes. But, and that, that takes like, I started playing around with carb cycling and like counting macros probably two years ago. Um, and this is just what works for me. And again, just like with working out, like it's not going to work out for 
for everybody else. So it really is just kind of trying different uh, diets or whatever, um, tweaking them to what you're comfortable with and, and making it more of a lifestyle yeah. as opposed to feeling like you're restricted. So if I go out like getting, you know, snowed in, like I'm going to make pizza. Who cares? <laughs> um, I'm not going to limit myself. And also the stress that well is way worse than you actually just not eating as nutritious food as you, know, you probably should. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, well, I, I agree fully. Uh, the dietitian that I work with, Ryan Turner, who I think you, I think you're familiar with, he, he, he yeah. always has a saying, restriction leads to rebellion. Yeah. Right? And totally. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more like any, cause I've done the macro thing too, but you, and I think it serves a purpose, but like eventually you get to a point where you're like, I cannot sustain this. Like this is not a sustainable way to live right. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It needs to become more of a lifestyle. Um, and so you should absolutely enjoy other foods or less nutritious foods. Um, and it really is all personal. Like if you want to have a, a certain physique, then, you know, you're going to go one route. If you don't care as much, then you're going to go another. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, like I said, don't stress about it. It's just going to make it worse. And also if you strict yourself too much, it's like you said, you're going to lead, it's going to lead to rebellion. And then you're just going to, gain all that weight back or lose all that progress and then right. get really upset with yourself. So. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's important to look at this when you say lifestyle, it's like in my head, I think like, all right, I'm going to do this obviously until I die. So if I have this many years ahead of me, right. The, the one pizza this weekend isn't going to kill me. Right. But then it's also balanced. Right. It's also balanced with the understanding that if I have pizza every single day, all the time, it, this isn't going to be beneficial. Right. Like right. We're, we're still not getting what we want. Um, mm-hmm. But I just hope people understand, because uh, I see this happen a lot, where you have like this static mindset where you think, if I'm going into macro stuff right now, it, I have to do this forever. Like some people, I think from that aren't really in uh, or are new to training, kind of getting into it, uh, I think have this view that things are like that's what it is, that it is macro counting forever. It's watching your calories forever, and it's right. having these types of workouts X days a week forever. Um, but I've always viewed the macro count, like if you want to go through the macro counting and if you follow like a workout program initially, I almost view that as like the training wheels or setting a foundation, if you will, with your fitness journey where you're learning what consistency can bring you, right? Like if you if you follow these rules, I think you can start to see how your body responds when you do this. Um, but that evolves, mm-hmm. right? It evolves over the years to what you said, like to where you are, where it's now a personal approach. Like I've done this, I've done this diet, I've done this kind of counting or eating at this time of day, working out at this time of day. And you can start to see when I do this, it gets me this. When I do this, it gets me this. And eventually through the years, you create your own style that makes way more sense for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, I don't pretend to be a a nutritionist or, or dietitian. Um, I just, this works for me and you know, everyone's going to have their method and their way of whatever works for them. Um, and again, like just like with working out in fitness, the food you introduce to your body, like, and if you want to see whatever result you want to get from it, it's going to take time and consistency. Um, so yeah, yeah, you just got you just got to stay with it. No way around that. There, there's just not. You know, <laughs> I think people want. Yeah, there really is like, no magic. There's no magic pill. Like there really isn't. Um, and that's what I really appreciate about about fitness and about the fitness community is that people get weeded out that aren't gonna you know stay with it and be consistent right. and, and believe in themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's what it's what continues to attract me too, man. It's the mentality of these people, and you know we're we're all at different skill levels, but like the mentality of these of these folks, you kind of meet your tribe that way, and you have this respect with mm-hmm. each other because you know the work ethic you guys have. Like there, there's kind of like this sense of integrity with what you do because you you honor. It's like a, it's deeper. It's like you're honoring your commitments. I know you don't quit on yourself, and that tells me so much about who the individual is outside of the gym. 
which makes oh, me yeah, right, yeah. right, which is yeah. where these, these relationships get formed. Absolutely. Yeah, my biggest thing is that I just want I just want to be around people that'll try. Like, I get nervous working out with people that are better than me. Um, maybe it's the same with people working out with me. But as long as you try, and it's like as long as I try, like that's all that matters. Yeah, it's when people quit that I find it to be frustrating. Um, but like, just go out there, try your best. Doesn't mean that you need to get a medal for it, but what it means is that hey, you know. Joe tried. Joe gave his all. You know, he came in here with the right mentality. You know, we want him back because that those are the type of people, type of people that we want to be around. Yeah. Um, so that's all I, that's all I look for when I work out with individuals. Um, it's just people that really just are putting in that effort. Agreed. Agreed. It's huge. It's, it's, it's who I want to be around and it's personally what keeps me going. I mean, that's what gets me so addicted with the tone house workout is, you know, working out with people you say better than you mm-hmm. every day, right? When you're around that every day, uh, like Alonzo has said to me so many times when we first installed this weight room camera and he was like, he was like, you're going to get stronger. Like you have no choice in the matter. You're going to be in right. this environment. There's, you have no choice. You are going to get stronger. How could it not happen? Right. Oh, I wish I had a tone out here, but like <laughs> even go, even if, you know, I was in New York right now and we were going to go work out like, I'd be nervous. I've been to Tom House three times. Like I, I'm scared when I walk into that room because I feel like I'm not going to, you know, live up to any expectation I set for myself, or you know, maybe embarrass myself. But every time I leave that class, I'm super motivated, grateful that I was there, and have made at least one or two other friends. Um, just because the type of people that go there, yeah, again, just want to be around people that care, that are putting in the effort. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. It really is the, the biggest thing. Uh, and it's, it's, we, I think we all feel that like that feeling of nervousness, like myself included, right? Like obviously I coach them there every day. Uh, but I get that feeling too from time to time, especially when we're doing some new movement or hitting a new weight. It's just, uh, and I see it with, you know, athletes that come in, but the biggest thing is that you feel that and you don't let it stop you. Like you, right. you still do it. You still participate. We can all feel that, right, as human beings. How can you not feel fear? I think it's just developing that new relationship with it of like, I feel you, like I recognize it. Just it's not going to stop me from doing this. Right. Yeah, exactly. So with, uh, with everything that's been going on now, so let's fast forward a little bit with you. So you... Uh, you've been in the strain world. I mean, you've done, you've done amazing. Like I've, I've loved watching your content. Like you, you always have like ridiculous challenges. That, like, that <laughs> I, I think they just look harder than they actually are. Well, I've, I've seen you. your fail videos too, which I appreciate you posting. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> like my man worked hard for this one. <laughs> I have a ton of fun with them. Uh, I mean, you're good at them, man. I don't, <laughs> you, I feel like you get hit up with challenges all the time. How are you finding these? Are people sending them to you at this point? Some people will send them, and I appreciate the the challenges that are actually doable. Like I'm not a pull up master, or I can't, I don't know, like do handstand push ups like not against the wall. Uh, so I get some that are like pretty crazy. Um, but there are just a lot of people that I've found and end up following, and I like to to do challenges that I see them do. Um, I think a and I and I hope that every time I do a challenge and and share that, you know, Joe Smith did the challenge. Like, I hope they realize that, that is me trying to show my respect for what they have done and, and you know, their page and content. Mm, um, awesome. And I'm super fortunate for people that I've actually met in person um, for challenges that I've done. But, yeah, I, I have, like, a whole, like, you know, you save it on Instagram and, like, whatever the collection and just, like, list challenges to do. So I have some going back a while that I haven't done and I just keep adding to it. So it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing it though. Yeah. Keep it, keep it coming, dude. Uh, one of these days I'll do, I'll do a couple, but most of these times when you send me one, I see one, I'm like, no, it's not. You kidding me right now? I also tell people that like, yes, there are fails, but it doesn't, it usually doesn't take me too long for the majority of them. But the only reason I'm able to do it is just the way that I work out now. 
And like, I've built enough leg strength, enough core strength, enough upper body strength to be able to do this. Not that I'm spending days going through and practicing these or like training specifically to do these. Like if you have a solid foundation, most people can do these things. Well, keep inspiring, bud. You keep sending them. You keep sending them out. I'll do one of them eventually. (laughs) I know you need to. I know. Right. Um, so let's uh, talk to me now about um, with your career progression, though. I want to get into your um, your role with Roan Apparel because um, you're I mean, you're you know, your fitness journey has evolved so much and, and quickly. Right. I mean, being a few years in, uh, there's been a ton mm-hmm. of growth and, and just where you've been, what you've been able to do, the people you've met. Um, what was this leap going into into Roan? So you're the community community leader. Uh, for Roan right. Apparel, right um, in Boston, and, and what does that what does that mean? What, what why did that uh, uh, why was that attractive to you? What 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 do they have you doing? So, it's a couple questions. What do I they have me doing first? Um, part of it are is working with like influencers, ambassadors, and um, community captains, which are kind of boots on the ground guys within select cities, and then also just. Uh, hosting events or providing, you know, whether it's like a, an area for other individuals to host events. Uh, and specifically I try to bring guys together. We do do co-ed events as well. Leading the community. So as well as brand awareness, um, and what attracted me to them. So I started working up with them almost two years ago, um, as a community captain and, stayed in touch and like, right, we're supposed to do events and everything. And then COVID hit, um, this position opened up last winter, springish. Um, and they approached me asking if I would be interested in it. Now, if you asked me five years ago, I'd be like, no, I would never want to do that. Um, but again, finding the Boston fitness community and finding other fitness communities and like-minded individuals, it's like, hell yes. Like I want this. This is exactly what I want to do. Um, and I just have a lot of trust and faith in the leadership team, uh, especially the, the founders, Nate and Ben, uh, and what they stand for. So I was telling someone the other day, it's like, kind of like an Aesop's fable story, but the captain stitch is, is like the emblem for, for Roan. And, uh, the story behind it is that they're three brothers, each has their own stick. Their dad goes, break one of the sticks. They could break it. He goes, now put them together. Then they can't break it. Story behind that, stronger together. Mm. Something else that they push for is pursuit of progress. So whether that's something you want to uh, progress physically, emotionally, mentally, with others behind you and that community, like Rowan wants to be there to help you in whatever pursuit you want to go towards. Um, and how that's super important just in every man and woman's lives. Um, so with both of or just really with all of that is, uh, is what drew me to Rome. I mean, yeah, that seems to align with uh, who you are, uh, perfectly. I mean, this community aspect, obviously going back to it is like the biggest thing I think in this fitness space. And, and what, what have you seen, man? Like what, what have you learned with your time with Rome visiting, right? You've been going to different cities now. So you're seeing yeah. different gyms and different communities. What, what are you learning city from city? And as you're exposing yourself to different gyms that maybe you didn't really realize before. Yeah. Um, something else that Rowan has made a big push towards and I have also just done individually is, uh, just events or just the talk around mental health and more specifically men's mental health. Um, and every guy and, and woman that I talk to, it's, you know, the importance of mental health and how, especially with physical fitness, like that's an easy way to kind of work on your mental health, but mm-hmm. also just to, and I feel like something that happened with COVID is that people were trapped inside, trapped, quarantined inside, um, and really took to social media, but also just started expressing how they were feeling, what they were going through. And if anything good came from, COVID, it's that the conversation really opened up for people to be feel safe to talk about their mental health. Um, 
and it's all relative, right? Like, hey, like, Chris may be going through something, and then I'm going through something, but it's not his, what he's going through isn't any worse or easier than what I'm going through. It's all relative and right. specific to that individual. Yeah. Um, so having those conversations with guys at different gyms, it's like everyone's going through the same thing. Everyone wants to talk about their mental health. Everyone wants to have a safe space. Um, so it doesn't matter if I'm in New York, in Boston, in Nashville, in Texas, you know, it's all like, there's a very common thread there. Mm. So this is something um, I know you're very passionate about. And I, I, I want to keep talking about this because mental health among men, it's just, I don't know, you know, I, I would assume it's cultural why it's difficult for us to maybe talk openly about this stuff. I mean, right. I think I'm fortunate. I, I've given this a lot of thought and because and, I've felt pretty uh, lucky in a way that I've been able to talk openly about how I feel on more of a daily basis because of my relationship with my brother. So him and I, in a way, when I think about it, like our conversations, we do that. Like we just talk about how we're feeling each day, especially when we were younger and trying to like learn who you are a little bit and why you feel what you feel. Like all this stuff is right. You're growing up, you're learning. And if I didn't have that sounding board where we're back and forth with each other, And we could, even if you're not solving the problem, it's almost like just recognizing it and getting it out there and being like, yeah, man, I hear you. I felt that way before, you know, makes you just feel a little bit better. Like you're not isolated, which I think that's where it gets dangerous, right? Like you have these thoughts and you feel like you're the only one on the planet feeling this way. Yeah. And that's, I mean, super lucky that you have your brother or you have and had your brother do that. There are, I've met so many guys that don't have that. And it's kind of, I also have people like friends that I can go to and talk to, but it kind of blew my mind when I was at an event in Austin, there's 50 guys and I'd say 40 of them don't have that outlet. It's like, wow. Like, okay, what can I do? And then also with the support of Roan to help bring a safe space or help, you know, people feel like they can have this conversation. Because guys are going through so much, and they feel like they can't talk about it because it's not "unquote" manly. Um, so I just want to do what I can because I have the support system to be able to talk about it. But I know there's so many guys out there that don't. So, so what is it that you guys are doing specifically? What are these events like when you kind of visit these cities? How are you supporting and creating that environment for them? Um, so some of them are just I go there. Um, I go there as a representative realm. I and want to go there as an attendee and participate in any event. Sometimes it's led by life coaches, um, events that I do in Boston. Um, the name is Mind and Muscle. It's kind of catchy. But um, <laughs> the whole point about it is that we end up ending end at the Roan store. And so it's usually 10 to 12 guys. Um, what I find best is having some type of manly thing to do before. So whether that's working out, whether it's meditation, yoga, like some activity before you have a talk helps lower the emotional wall of the guys. And it's also guys feel safer just talking just to guys. Like I would think that women be more open to sharing things with just other women around. Mm. Um, and so we'll just sit in a circle and just start a discussion. So like the first one I did in the summer, it was, I think it was 12 guys, uh, partnered up. I hadn't met a few of them. And so you're partnering up with someone that you don't know, do the workout. And then we shower, walk down to our own store and started the discussion. I was terrified, um, to have this conversation, but it was, you know, go around and introduce yourself. What's something you want to be famous for? Guys said things all across the board. Mine, which I think you would like to do this, is be an actor, uh, but an actor for a Marvel movie. Yeah, what's right? that? Like, how cool would it be to like <laughs> maybe maybe Deadpool? You could do Deadpool. Yo, let's go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then the next question was, what's your biggest fear, and what do you think it comes from? And then that's when guys really opened up. Oh, I think that a lot of them only did that with a 
they felt like they had to save space and B, their emotional wall was down because they felt connected to guys mm. through the activity that took place before the. Yeah. God, it's good. That's good. I, it's good work, man. It's, it's needed. Um, it's really sad that it's not more common, but it's changing. It's definitely it totally changing. Is. It is. And it's really cool to see. Cause I, I grew up in a household where you don't cry. Uh, and so for me, that still is something that's really hard to allow myself right. to do. Yeah. Um, but I do it more, probably more often than I let on at least through Instagram. Um, but I only do it like I really, right now, like I only have those conversations and cry in front of my girlfriend just cause I feel comfortable enough. Sure. Um, yeah. but you know, I've gotten teary eyed and, and choked up during these, these men's, uh, round tables. Um, but only because I feel safe and like that I can open up and share that. And again, like lower that emotional wall. Yeah. Yeah. There's gotta be that element of trust, like, and, and not ju- judgmental. I mean, why would you share in a space that, you know, was, was judging you, but exactly. I mean, this is, yeah. this, this is real life stuff, man. It's like, it's like the stuff, you know, everybody is battling on this planet, right? It's not even men specific. Obviously this is just a right. human thing. Like we are all battling stuff, but yep. um, yeah, there's definitely things that men go through that when, you know, and it, we just all go through our stuff and it's like nice to share with what's going on mm-hmm. and being vulnerable. Um, but it gets you, I don't know, man, it keeps you grounded too with like life. I think it keeps things in perspective and I've always just enjoyed this stuff from, uh, you know, kind of a recognition that we're not alone. Right. Cause yep. I, it's just, it's always going back to the isolated feeling. I think when you talk about mental health, that's probably where it stems from that if you feel isolated and alone, uh, it is so depressing. Right. It is a scary, uh, yeah. it is the scariest. And I, I have felt that way. I mean, I've definitely been deep in that. Like when we go back to our transition into fitness and like quitting our jobs initially, there were some dark times for me where I ha- I went to those places where you do feel alone. Like I was like, nobody knows what I'm going through. I don't know what I'm doing. And until you find some type of support for that mental health and to have those conversations, it can lead to a very dangerous place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling alone is probably one of the worst feelings. But then knowing that literally the strongest people in the world, right? Like this is when I think about the people that I'm around, right? Like all these muscle driven, huge, phenomenal, like physical specimens are people like they are. Yeah. They're all going through stuff, right? They feel just like everybody else, like nobody's invincible. Everybody should that. That's why you got to see, like, there's got to be some anchor of humility uh, in people, right. Or else like, it's hard for me to connect with them. Cause I'm like, there's gotta be some relatability of like, I don't care how strong you are, how fast you are, whatever. Like we're mm-hmm. still all connected, right. We're still going through similar stuff. Totally. Absolutely. So Cam, this, uh, I, I appreciate you ha- coming on, man. I, I feel like we should have an, another conversation just even honestly more around mental health. Um, cause I could go, I think that'd be a fun topic just to dive into and hear more about the work you're going through. Um, and even what you've learned. Um, but I thank you so much for being on the show today, man. This was a great conversation. Of course, man. I'm super excited you asked me to be on it. Absolutely. And I will be in New York, uh, in March. So is, like that, the high rocks? is that the high rocks? No, no. High rocks is, I'm doing the Boston one. Okay. Okay. I have no idea how I'm going to do. I'm nervous. My partner, he's like, he crushes running and I, I'm not a he'll, runner. So you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just have a good time with it. Man. I did the partner thing for my first one on the, on the high rocks one. It's just, it's, it's a good time. You'll just have, you know, yeah. just have fun the first time. I know. I just don't want to let him down. That's all. Well, it's cause it's cause you're a good guy, Cam. <laughs> you know, I'm, super you I'm happy you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, before we, so, before we part real quick, do you, I always ask this, uh, or a form of a question and I got one for you. Yep. So with where you are now, what piece of advice or kind of pieces of advice even would you give to your younger self that was about to make this leap? What would you say to that young version of Cameron? First thing that comes to mind is 
your happiness is what matters most. And that's just going to help your mental health. Um, money will come and go, but if you're not happy, then that's, that's a pretty sad life. So just focus on that. That'd be, that'd be it. That's beautiful. Love also, that. make sure to stretch and do more mobility. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did more of that. <laughs> Open up your hips so you can get deeper yeah. squats, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I think uh, people focus can focus on uh, the money more than than their own uh, how happy they are on the inside. So that's what matters most. That's what you're gonna live with. You know, you're never going to be under death and be like, oh, how much money do I have in the bank? No one's going to, no one's going to think that. They're always going to think about what life experiences, who I, you know, what impact have I had on people? Yeah. You know, what did I take care of myself uh, mentally? So just focus on that. It's a great message, man. It's a great message. Um, Thanks. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons I love you, man. Uh just I, I love I love where your headspace is at and I just uh, I respect you so much just as a human being but as a trainer and just as a community leader I mean uh, you're you're a great example of of someone that um, I hope more people uh, really and I, I know they do I know you already have so much respect in your community and people learning from you of how to cultivate a healthy lifestyle how it just translates into way more than just the gym it's like yeah you train smart I know you train intelligently um, but you also do it in a way, uh, that I think just makes, uh, people around you better, uh, which is really what it's all about. So hats off to you, man. And, and thanks again for being on. Thanks. Man. I really appreciate that. And I have a ton of respect for you as well. Thanks bud. All right, man. We'll talk again soon. All right. Look forward to it.